everybody. And welcome to the RUScreening.com podcast. I am your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And see, that's how I said the whole thing right there. And you did it. Yeah, even with you pointing at Well, me I was trying to give you the producer like, three, yeah, two, one, go. This week, uh, what do we see this week? Oh, yeah, the Max accountant. Max Steele. Oh. No, Max Steele, although, since, Actually, since you, you bring it up, Max yeah. Max Steele really not doing good. Yeah, I was going to say, we could have gone to see Max Steele, maybe even for free, but there was no, uh, we, yeah, there was we, no interest. We, we'd have been the only person in the right, state right. who went to see it. It's uh, It didn't make the top ten. Right. Uh, and I think it was the first. Whatever. Somebody was saying something. It's either the first movie of the year or maybe like the oh. first movie of something. Yeah. That uh, came out in a wide release and didn't break the top 10. Yeah. So that's pretty bad, especially since uh, it hadn't been the greatest year. I'm sure it's doing well in whatever country Max Steele originates from. I don't. Because like I you said, you know. don't you don't even know where it's from. I it's know. not from here. You would have seen it. It could be from here. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's from I admit, something. I don't know. It's, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so don't go see that. <laughs> uh, Our haven't seen it review is skip it. Yeah, but anyway, uh, this week, The Accountant and yeah. uh, Ben Affleck, big movie. Um, the very odd, I think, uh, theory mm-hmm. of having a movie, which you get right in the trailer. You know uh, that it's he is somewhere on the autism scale of something i mean going into the trailer you know right. that you know that he's yeah he's on the he's somewhere. he's somewhere and i think in the in the trailer you you maybe don't have a real good sense of exactly where that might be except that later you see him you know right. beating the crap out of everyone and shooting <laughs> right. people and stuff so yeah. you're thinking not that right. far or right. something but anyway a very, uh, a very odd, I guess, idea of a movie yeah. to kind of take some sort of spy slash Jason Bourne slash he's obviously the accountant for people, but obviously we know he's, you know, he's action man too, right? right. He's not just, uh, right. not just the mild mannered. He's got like a Superman thing going. He's yeah. He's got a Clark Kent side to him. Right. And then the gloves come off and then it's yeah. all over. Right. And uh, then he like apologizes for it and stuff. Okay. Anyway. Um, and, you know, uh, I wasn't really going to do news this week or anything because um, because it's a waste. There's right. there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing to talk about. What are we even doing? Uh, it's, yeah. you know, yet again, um, there just there hasn't been like a lot of news. The only right. news as I go through the news because I always go through the news anyway. Yeah. But as I go through the news, usually, you know, I'll, I'll note things like that are, you know, worth talking about, or I have some opinion on, or I think is stupid. I mean, the only news that's been happening is um, some people are, you know, announced in new movies or new TV yeah. shows or people talking about TV shows or, um, you know, the dumbest, shows on cbs have been given full season orders right so (laughs) hooray for that yeah um bull and and actually i think um designated survivor which is not horrible right uh did too but bull and macgyver got full series orders that's so weird and and it's just sad frankly so so that's not interesting news to talk about and uh you know that's that's all there is really people are People are still going crazy over Westworld. We've gotten far enough into Westworld that uh, we've got lots of fan theories about it yeah. and and stuff like that. And people are, that's the next level. Yeah. You know, the new, the fan fiction will start appearing right, soon right. or whatever. Everyone uh, is talking about that. Yeah. And, and that's really all it is. It's like there's. Everybody's uh, waiting for Walking Dead. There, I mean, you, right, may, you right, may have seen right. more news than I have. And it's, it's been, re- that's been renewed. I, everything. I so write that's for the news, year, but seven and eight, but it's but, not news, but I see all I see anywhere. I, I go to for entertainment has been walking dead. Like yeah. it's such a, I mean, it's not like boiling over or anything like that, but it, it really seems to have percolated a lot of, and I forget how many people are into it. Like 
it's so big. Who are really, really into it. And they're it's, really, yeah, right. I was it's, just going to say, like, they're really into it. So. It's like when Game of Thrones is about to hit again. It, right. It, every yeah. every time there's a, you know, there's a new surge. Everybody's Facebook page is. And now the new surge now. is The Walking Dead again. Right. And and right. it is. It's like people are crazy about it. But there's too much of that uh, happening. And there's, you know, nothing, right. it's, nothing it's super exciting happened. Right. And, and that's where you are. Miley yeah. Cyrus won't be on The Voice next year. But she will be again the following year. What? That's news. What so like. whatever. Who okay. knows? Um, and everyone was really interested in that anyway. So um, the accountant, like we said, I did want to uh, point out because this is going into this movie. You obviously don't know where you are. And the trailer is, I think, a fair uh, representation of what you're going to get. Because you don't have any way to know because it's so weird. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I don't know. In certain ways, the movie is better than I thought it was going to be. And in certain ways, it's worse. And so the trailer's not a great guide of whether or not you're going to like it. Right. But I think it's, uh, you know, it's not like a trick or it's not. Oh, yeah, no. It's not doing anything that's, right. you know, misleading about what movie you're going to be walking into. Right. I so. feel like that. Well, we talked about it briefly. I saw two trailers, and the first one didn't look anything like the movie I saw. But then they splashed the action into the second trailer, and I thought, oh, I don't even know what movie I'm getting. Well, because the first, the the first really early one really kind of, uh, you know, made it seem like there wasn't much to the action side yeah, of what was happening. Espionage-ish. It was just like it was uh, a thriller. It, it was him, and it was more like. Um, you know, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy right. or something, right. where it's it's just sitting around in rooms and having meetings and building maybe tension. Maybe chase or and, yeah, right, right, right. Maybe someone escapes, or maybe yeah. someone at sure. one point suddenly gets shot, right. but not like actiony right. or something like that. So yeah, if you take them all together, yeah, it seems more boardroom and bullet hole. Right, you know, right. I didn't, I, but the second trailer certainly I felt represented the film pretty much exactly. Like, right. I don't think there's any surprises. It, like, it's kind of like you have to take them together because the second one was yeah. almost too actiony. Yeah, in a way. Right. You know, second, in a way, because I remember just saying to you, like, the second, the second one was like, wait a minute, now it's Mission Impossible or something, and it's just you know yeah. like nonstop. Right. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, throwing out our ratings because uh, we have to actually end on time today. <laughs> okay, I got your so, number down. So you got my number down. Yeah, I know what you're giving this. Uh. I am uh, giving this a six and a half. Give me your real number. No, that's my real number. Is that really your number? Well, crap. All right, I so you were way wrong. You thought I was, I was nine. No. Or two. I thought or, you were. I thought you. I had you at four and a half. Uh, no. Um. I. I that's had. Weird. I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of problems with this in certain ways. So there are definitely things that are dragging it down. Yeah. This is like we were talking last week and I think the week before even there there is a movie in the in some parallel universe that I think is like a, at least a 9. Yeah. Yeah. That this movie did not become. So there's a lot of stuff that I didn't like about it that's dragging it down, but I was uh really having a good time with it when I was watching it. And there was a lot of stuff that I really liked about it. And as you know, a movie it's, you know, not the next Casablanca or anything or whatever, but um, it's not even the next Tinker Taylor soldier spy, which (laughs) was awesome. Right. right? (laughs) But, um, but I had a lot of fun with it and the problems that I had with it were, problems that you know are not the end of the world type things and there were too many of them right but and they're annoying but not deal breakers right right so Uh, what'd you give it i gave it six and a half as well Uh, i I thought it was and it's strange i genuinely thought you you might have liked it a little less more because sometimes when we watch a film like this that has an accumulation of little things like it's just like you're doing so many big things, just pay attention to some of the little things. And, right. And the little things for me can be just strange from, they, they run a gamut of just unfinished plot directions. Like we never know. And I don't believe it's by design. It's just so weird. Cause it doesn't feel like it's as a film, it doesn't feel 
doesn't truly feel rather like it's setting up sequels. I guess if it's a right. blockbuster, they will like the accountant because you just have books, to, right. right? But like the the woman on the phone, who that who the heck is she? You know, who who are certain characters that come in and out, and even even characters that come in and then move out. Like at times, I feel like they're not even in the same movie. They're they're in a different story. But it, at best, I found that the film was fun and when it was working it was engaging and when the right characters are on the screen i really like watching them the pacing is off the story seems off there are times when it doesn't even know it feels like what movie it wants to be like is it a is it a thriller is it a black comedy is it just an action film like you don't you don't get to shoot up a room and blow up stuff and then your next scene is just like doing math like right. that you, you have to, you, I think you have to decide on certain things. Um, it, and the weird part, the weird part of it is that it feels like it's one of those films that was written backwards. Like we talk about this sometimes where right. they know how they're going to end it. They know he has to have these abilities. So let's walk it back a bit. Um, and that actually, you know, for, an, for a film that's two hours long, I think it's two hours and 10 minutes for, for that length of time it felt like to me that the majority of the movie, like 75 or 85% of it was backstory and only yeah. 10 or 15% happens like now. Like yeah. Right it's now. doing, and that's very strange. Because, it's doing a lot of telling what happened before. Right. And then it's, it's doing a lot of telling what happened before at different, at different intervals. Points, in the, right. And we're seeing him as a kid and we're seeing him right. at a different point as a right. kid. And we're seeing him, you know, something that's maybe only a few years ago and yeah. we're, we're, and it's just really walking weird. through a lot of a lot of his life and not always um, in ways that we need. Right. Right. It's um, unnecessary to, to at least for, for like what you're saying, at least for the part of the story where we're at, if it does that, I'm like, you, you didn't need to do that. Like I right. get you want to do a part of who this guy is and why he is the way he is. And, and at times it was irksome to me just because, I know people with autism, so I'm a little too close to the forest right. the trees, but it's a little frustrating to always see people like in real life on the autism spectrum, get treated like they're all rain man. Like right, all you got to do right. is put your arm around one of them, bring them into a casino and they're the golden goose. Like you've got a billion dollars. Like right. it just doesn't work like that. And it's frustrating to see that, even though I know there, there should be, you know, creative liberties. And yet the flip side of that is when you see a video of someone on the spectrum who just takes a quick glimpse at a city and then can draw it with a pencil in 25 seconds. Like, right. I understand people on the spectrum have these abilities that are fascinating and, and peculiar and really engaging, but they're not, it, it just sometimes seems like they're all like this character. Like you just have to get the right language. And then, you know, the idea that, their parents don't understand them. So we're just going to beat them all the time so that they become tough. So oh, right, I mean, right. it just, I think it does a disservice because in a way it's not, it's not playing fair, but still there was an incredible amount of backstory about his childhood to the point where I thought like, even though it was clumsy in the beginning, I knew everything about his character that I needed to know mostly in that one scene with the puzzle. Like I get it. And it sets up creatively the idea that as an adult, he has to finish things. Right. And that's true. Right. Ish. And then I guess later, like halfway through the film, when we see his dad basically send, you know, him and his brother out to get schooled by right. like bullies. Like I, I kind of get that, but I didn't need it. Cause I've already seen a martial arts scene with them already. And his character. Right. Shows that's, himself. that's a lot of, so, a lot of the backstory in this. I mean, did you feel like, did you think there was like a ton more backstory than we needed or? Well, yes, I think there was, I think there was more going back in his life than we needed. Yeah. Um, And I think there were, I think there were two different ways, right? Yeah. There was uh, stuff that there was too much of that stuff because I already had plenty of it and you were just showing it to me again. Right. And then there was stuff too, where it was like, we don't really need that at all. It's not. it's not directly connected to anything. And then it sort of feels like you're, you're already breaking the movie to go backwards. Mm -hmm. Right now we're breaking it for no reason. Right now we're just breaking it for fun to, you know, throw off the pace of what's happening. Yeah. 
but I think there was good stuff to it. And, you know, like you said, once we see him, you know, taking the, taking him to like the martial arts guy who he says, no, just keep beating the crap out of him. And it's like, you know, we get that his dad's a dick, right? right? We don't need to keep having, you know, different ways of explaining it. Like, I get it. Move on with this movie. right? Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because I think we're both desperate for characters that have more to them. Right. And then it's like, okay, so we'll do that then. Cause that's a good thing. Right. But then, you know, you just keep doing it. Doesn't, he's not more of a character because you keep telling us the same thing. Right. Over and over. Right. And if it's like, if we just watched him do like five puzzles instead of one puzzle, right. Right. He's not a deeper, richer character because we saw the same thing. You're trying to tell us again. Uh-huh. And he's not a, he's not a deeper character because we keep showing that his dad's a jerk. Right. right? And, you know, to a certain extent, it gives us a little bit more about his relationship with his brother right. and because his brother has to go through having that dad too. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's like, and, and especially the scene where um, they go to his mother's funeral. Right. We really could have just talked about that scene. Right. We really could have just, someone could have just said this happened when we're like uh, looking into his past or we're obviously investigating him. So we learned things about some connections to things and, and and he had his picture taken, whatever. That's why he was in prison in the first place and all this. But we really could have just talked about it. We didn't have to have the flashback scene of it. Except that, you know, we feel like it's cool to just show right. him. Right. And it's not really doing it. Um, for me, uh, there there definitely was too much backstory. But for me, um, more of the problem along those general lines is uh, the way in which we're trying to have it all come together. Mm-hmm. and And how we in this movie, like kind of don't pay attention to all sorts of things. You know, like you said, it feels like a movie that is made backwards. It feels to me more like a movie where there's some guy that just has this great, like three sentence pitch. Yeah. And then they go, now you have to write the whole movie. And he goes, Ooh, uh, I do the, I do, I do this, the right. I <laughs> yeah, do I'm the, guy. Hey, there's an accountant. Yeah. He's blah, blah, blah. You know, he, do, right. he like, throws out these things and you hand that off to somebody else who can work a whole script. And in this case, we didn't, we just left it to that guy, which, you know, kudos to, to to putting out something pretty good. But this is a movie that needed like two or three people to go over it and rework things and not say things the same way. And then what, what happens is I think um, that this movie is so telegraphed uh, in like every way and every, every part that might be sort of mysterious that we're like trying to play on this mystery and like have these surprises. First of all, it's not a movie that needs any surprises anyway. Could have just had this movie and not have, you know, not every, every, Shia Malin movie doesn't have to turn into whatever. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like, it doesn't have to be aha, you weren't watching the movie you thought you were. Right. Not that there's that kind of twist going no. on here, but, but there's like surprises and they just couldn't be more obvious right. from the first second from that the they happen. Yeah. Right. You've got, um, so in this movie, uh, Ben Affleck's this accountant who works for really bad people and works for lots of different really bad people, which is kind of an interesting thing, I think. I do too. Um, um, that he's not just like the mob's accountant, right? And just sits in the same room all the time. He's like yeah. every bad guy's accountant. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's I think it's actually cool how they explain what he does in the movie. And also um, address the awe that he's alive because other clients, like, right? Like nobody gets away because he this. actually yeah. serves a really interesting function yeah. in the criminal world. Yeah. Where, what are you going to do, right? You're a criminal. 
and here's the problem you have, and your criminal organization has no way to deal with it, right? right? And so he actually serves like this function that you never think about, right? Right in criminals. So, so that's pretty cool. And you've got uh, the retiring um, treasury, like tre- treasury department right. agent person, yeah. who's uh, J.K. Simmons. Yep. And he wants to find out who this guy is, and he basically uh, blackmails a, yeah. a young. Uh, a treasury agent into kind of, you know, sort of secretly doing this or doing right. it sort of like it. It's funny because it's like an off book treasury department assignment, which yeah. makes no sense, right? Right. Which is as, as crazy as that could be, but everything that's ultimately going to happen with those two characters, you know, like five minutes into the movie, right? And who everyone mysteriously turns out to be and who did it and who the secret voice is. And right. it's just like the girl on the train because they keep showing you the back of that guy's head and right. there's no other guy right. in the movie. Right. <laughs> right. So it's just, it's such a, um, it's not all the script exactly, but it's also the, the direction and the scene construction yeah. because there are so many times in this movie where just the exact way certain people come into the room, you go, he did that. Yeah. This is what's going to happen to her. And it's like, uh, and, and so in a movie where it's all this mystery and focus on him and it's almost like he is supposed to somehow be the smoke and mirrors that don't let you see all the obvious moves. Yeah. And it just like, doesn't come together well in delivering a story. And then why be tricky about it if that's what you're going to do? Right. The, You've worked real hard to establish this like system of, you know, bells and whistles and you didn't need to, you know, there could have been something there. You know, I, I it's strange <clears throat> despite not liking some parts of the film and, and still like even those moments where I'm like, this is wrong. I love the cast. The cast right. is actually really good. And, and JK Simmons is a good example of this because there's a bunch of his, I guess his plot, but also his plot revolves around his backstory. Like there's just a feeling there. I'm not inherently saying it doesn't work or doesn't make sense, but it just doesn't feel like it's the right puzzle piece. And the puzzle metaphor is easy to go through because right. it's the first scene you see in the film, but I'll be damned if I don't like all the stuff that he's doing because JK Simmons is a good enough actor to pull that all off. Right. And just like in many of the ways that I feel Anna Kendrick is absolutely unnecessary to be in the scenes that she is beyond the only two that she needs to be in. She, she actually is a foil in a way for the, for the denouement of the movie. Like when, when she gets a package, like that is all set up because of scenes that she was in. I didn't necessarily think she had to be in all the right. Scenes the anyway. whole, her whole character is really kind of a waste. Like she and needs to step in one scene. That's one of, like one of the kind of sad things about the movie right. is that her character really is uh completely wasted in the movie mm-hmm. and she's a character that in some sense has to be a complete waste because that's her right. job is she's really just there for him to be able to talk to someone. Right. We could have still turned her into something. Right. That's also and, a character. And that's such an Anna Kendrick role, like sneak into a, a not very meaty role, but with your personality and your skill. Cause I like Anna Kendrick a lot. Yeah. She is, notable for you know some performances of being real like supporting 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 actress right but she's the one you remember in every scene she's in and i genuinely like the the scenes that she and ben affleck have um i think it's they do just enough i guess the biggest part of my gripe about the whole film is that it feels like the screenwriter really wrote three or four levels above his pay grade like he just saw some movies and was like, well, this is how these things must work. Right. It just, it didn't seem thoughtful enough or researched enough to really do some things. Like I never believed in a moment that someone of John Lithgow's uh, position <clears throat> would entertain hiring someone who has like a hundred percent success rate to find the money that's missing in his company when he is 
possibly implicit. In now you're money. totally giving the whole movie away. I don't care. All right. So, so spoiler I alert. I just don't believe that that like would happen. And the reveal that we get, I don't necessarily believe that that would play out that way. Just like I don't wholly believe, though they work real hard to sell Anna Kendrick as this art major who just took up accounting because, you know, family issues. Like she just found $70 million. Miss, like, I don't, you say it, so I have to believe it. Well, she didn't find seventy million dollars missing. She she found she found something wrong in the books. She I, found seventy million I think, dollars missing. Is what I she think. Found. I just I you know. No, she didn't though. She didn't have any idea how much money was missing. But I think I'm okay with um, him hiring uh, the accountant in the first place because he didn't hire person that we know the accountant Not is. The killer guy. He he hired somebody who somebody said was a good forensic accountant. And I ah, think I don't buy that either. If you're the Bill Gates or the Steve Jobs of this new tech company or the Elon Musk, you you just don't hire somebody that somebody said, "Hey, I met this guy in a bar. He's pretty good. He did my uncle's taxes. He lives but, next door to a donut shop." Like you just don't no, do that. No, I think I think you do. You, you I think you do. You have to hire somebody. Sure, you go through a CPA firm of some incredible stature, or this guy comes by such recommendation that you would never let him near you if you cooked your own books. You never would. You'd go with a CPA firm. Like, no, it I, just doesn't I, work. I don't way. think so. I think anyway, if that's what bothered me. I think that makes sense uh, just fine, especially because um, I I think that they did know that he was really good, and I think yeah. John Lithgow in in this movie his character is exactly the guy who thinks that he's so much smarter than everybody else that he's not worried about it and i guess could easily get away with that and and not only that but he continually says throughout the movie like he he he, he's just a stupid accountant he does he does say that he's uh he's clearly looking down on him like nobody's as smart as me and and whatever i guess just as the other side of that like the way that the treasury officer like kind of finds him it it was very you know it kind of reminds me of the shadow where the the fake names are all very meaningful of things but also like i actually thought that the way they found him was very elementary like i don't think yeah. ben affleck would have made that mistake right i, I just i know you got to catch him Right. And and I love the idea that J.K. Simmons feels an awful lot like Tom Hanks in Catch Me If You Can. He's like, look, I'm reti- I, I believed his motivation almost as much as anyone in the film where he's like, I'm retiring in a couple months. I just got to know. Right. I, right. I, I don't want to even like I don't care how we do his it. His whole character, like, I, I thought, was really good. This is the most. He's, the he's most really well written. Yeah. And, and I believe that. But I just the way that they catch him. And and I, re- I, I really like Ben Affleck in the movie, too. And. Oh I will give you that it's a very cheesy way that they catch him. Yeah. But that's the sort of thing where um, it's, for me, it's not horrible enough that it's really problematic. Right. Because like you said, they have to catch him. They have to. And if they made the movie about what he really did, well, then there's no movie. (laughs) There's nobody catching anybody. (laughs) He retires. He's done. Right. That's it. No, you're right. The movie's like two hours of him on a beach somewhere, and that's it. So it wasn't bad enough. The thing that would be worse is usually in a movie like this, it's like an even dumber thing. Oh, I already, I already you had know? like a thought in my head that it, it is as films go. I, I was telling a friend this is a no-brainer, and I don't mean like the Avengers no-brainer. Like you're gonna go see it, no matter what we say, we're not gonna change anybody's mind. I mean a no-brainer when you sit down, just kind of don't think about it, just enjoy right. it. Like watch it and have fun with the tropes that it has and with the way that it plays around with them. But um, it, it, you know, it just reminded me in some ways of you know, the best version of like that Denzel Washington remake of the equalizer should have been, if that had been like this, that I would have had more fun with it. Sure. But it just felt like an eighties or nineties throwback where in that movie, John Lithgow and Ben Affleck would have had a fist fight. Sure. Cause in the eighties or nineties, that would have been Craig T Nelson. Right. <laughs> and, and he would have really messed up Ben Affleck for a while. And then he would have, you know, come and back then, and, and then he would have ultimately, you know, won. and it doesn't really go into that, that way, but but I I do have fun with the movie when it explores like easy tropes 
when when Ben Affleck has to go save the old people that are, you know, getting roughed up because they're supposed to, I don't know, cough up some information right, and bring them out. Right. And of course, you know that this is going to, the cars are getting shot. There's going to be a fist fight. And then it goes into like the most humorous kind of thing where he like choke holds him. And he's like, I'm just going to tell you some names. Just say yes. Right, right. Now let's practice. <laughs> right. Like, and I just, those lines, there were a bunch of peppered in lines where the dark humor and, and Affleck's delivery, because I agree with you. I like Ben Affleck in this a lot. I think he's got the whole deadpan, like whole service of him down. Right. Even earlier when he just looks at someone who he's upsetting in a job interview and he's like, you're unhappy, you're upset. Right. Like, you're right. right. I'm upset. Right. You know, because he, he because he's, yeah. because he's so focused I on, on the little smiley faces right. and the little yeah. chart yeah. thing. Right. And then it's, it's almost like he has to say it, Yeah. you know, like he has to finish things, Right. but it's like, he only functions in, yeah. in seeing the world in this exact way and doing like the exact right steps. Right. So it's like, he has to say it. Right. And then it's like really cool <laughs> that cool. that's, that and it, and it they could, do it that and way. And it could have in other hands, though I'm, I'm sliding you writing a bit in other hands that could have been just dumb. Right. And, all, and it happens a bunch, not just with right. him. There are other lines that everybody has. Everyone has kind of like funny stuff along the way. Could have just been really dumb and awkward, but it is. And, and, and there is, there is a lot of having to have people react to this guy. Right. Um, and like Anna Kendrick has a couple of scenes yeah. where she just has to come to terms with the idea that she's realized who this is yeah. and stuff like that. There's a lot of the movie having people deal with him mm-hmm. that all of it could have just been horrible. Right. Could have been like completely unwatchable really easily. Yeah, very easily. Uh, and and it didn't. And and, it, it, and most of it was really good. And, and yeah. most of the, I think, like scene by scene, dialogue by dialogue, you know, interaction by interaction, stuff that happens in the movie I like. Right. So I can only hate it so much, right? I, and, I and it's just that the overall plot and the overall storytelling isn't you know, terrible. Right. It's just a lot of it feels like lazy. It's, it, it does. It, it's, you know, the simplest way to get from uh, point A to point B. Yeah. There's so much of it too. Like I said, where we see a scene where I don't hate the scene. I don't love the scene, but yeah. um, when really early on in his, in the movie, there's the, you know, bad guy who gets in the car oh, yeah. with the person who is shorting stocks or whatever the hell he's doing, yeah. right? He's doing some, yeah. he's doing some, uh, you know, nefarious uh, boardroom <laughs> thing, right? Some like stock deal thing. And, and so we see this, this, you know, bad guy, worse guy, whatever. He's the <laughs> different bad guy, guy right? Yeah. Uh, get in the car with him and basically convince him not to do that because it's hurting the, <laughs> you know, money of his employer or whatever. Like, I, I don't love the scene, but, but it's an okay scene. Yeah. It's good enough, but you can't watch that scene without going, there's no reason I'm looking at this guy. Right. And now, you know, everything that's going to happen in the movie because you know exactly why we have to see this because otherwise there's no reason to see this guy. Right. 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 Because where this guy ends up and how he connects to everything, if we don't have this goofy twist, if we don't know who he's going to be at the end of the movie, then you never hear this guy. Right. You never, you don't need to see him. You don't right. need to see other scenes of him. Right. He's just, uh, you know, so when they're in John Lithgow's house and he's got like this tiny army yeah. trying to protect him, he's just, the other one. Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, soldier number one instead right. of soldier number seven or right. whatever. So it gives so much stuff away trying to kind of pull you into things. And it's like, we have to do something, yeah. but it doesn't know what to do to make it something that right. ult- ultimately makes sense and isn't just a dead giveaway for everything. Right. right. And, and then even like, um, it's the worst uh, like girl on the train thing, like the voice who he's got always talking to him. He's got a person kind of running things for him. Yeah. 
doing booking jobs. Yeah, getting him, him out of places, getting him the work and yeah. doing stuff and calls him and it's the big smiley face and stuff. Right. And it's clearly like a computer voice or whatever. There's just really no one else for that to be. So either right. we're going to get to the end of, of the movie and that's someone we've never seen before. Yeah. And you go, so see, this is a person and we just never were going to talk about it. Fine. Here it is. Yeah. Or we know who it is. Right. So, 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 right. So then it like tries to create a mystery about it. And then, aha, look at the end, we get to see who it is. Right. Well, yeah, thanks. Right. I mean, right. There's um, there, there's definitely an unevenness to it. And like you said, this is actually the degree of difficulty because the story they want to tell, especially when you know it by the end, when you know who all the characters are and why the climax is happening the way it is, it's not an easy one to weave that doesn't seem transparent or right. heavily foreshadowed. You know, you, you just, you recognize not just tropes, but you realize, like you said, you know, you see the back of this guy's head and there's only one guy in the movie. Like, right. You know, it's got to be that guy. And, and it's weird how strangely I forgive that more than the stuff that seems to be so fundamental to a scene. And then it just didn't, it just was kind of careless or thoughtlessly not explored the way I felt it should have been. But again, you know, even though I, and I feel like my six and a half rating is a critique of the film as a whole. Like I still had like a seven and a half fun. Right. Like right. I, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. So, so did and I. Even halfway through, I'm looking at it and going, there, there was a weird part and I don't fully remember exactly where it was, but I almost would have went over to you and just said, you know, every once in a while you see online these trailers of The Shining where it's a happy movie. Right, right, where they, re, re yeah, they rework things. They re yeah, things. Yeah. And, I, and I thought there's a moment here where this film just doesn't seem like it's the movie that they should have put out. It feels like I'm watching a two-hour version of that. Right. With scenes that didn't make it and scenes that did, and they're just cut in different ways. Um, but or, were, or, or like they started making this movie, and it was, it was a real comedy. Right. Like right. it, like it was really right. trying to be funny, and then they got about halfway through and said, "Ah, eh, let's go another way." Let's try this and, different. Yeah. And there's a bunch of scenes we'll leave in that were funny, right. but we'll there's, throw in all this action now. There's stuff in there that works really well for interpersonal stuff, like strangely the relationship between J.K. Simmons and uh, Melina, I think, or Medina, or maybe her name's Melina Medina, uh, his agent that he like. Now you're just hooks. making fun of her, dude. I don't even know what her name was anymore. I'll look it up in a second. Um, I liked their their scenes all the time. Like I did do one except of them, for I the thought, first one. Okay, I, I was right. not in love with the first one, but I, after that, yeah. I and that I, felt they like were that really was good. Their, that was their first day. Like that was like the first cut of their first right, time right. together. And I liked almost every single scene, if not every scene, with Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick, especially the ones where he's not like the Terminator. You know, right, when he's sitting right. there and he's talking to her and he's like saying like I'm. I'm awkward. I don't pick up on social cues, but I really want to. Right. You know, that just that easy sentence and the way he says it, though he doesn't inflect it hard, you get it, you know, and, it, and right. then they got a flashback to this kid getting beat up a bunch and then right. you have to like reinforce why you're supposed to have sympathy for him. But which we didn't need to do, which we didn't need. To we do. were fine. Maybe the only maybe the only person who I didn't think was as effectively used, but I don't think he had an awful lot to do was John Bernthal's character, you know, yeah. bad guy. So right, right. number one, you know, which is too bad because there is a moment later with uh, with he and Affleck. And when they start talking to each other, that's working. Right. Like it's actually working really well. But then we have to be all like this it, guy. It's kind of. It's cheesy. It is kind but, of cheesy, but it's still like working. And I like John Bernthal. I, I actually think he should do more and be a guy different than the guy he seems to be in every movie. He should know? he should be a bigger he should stretch name. A than, he should be a bigger yeah. name. Um, but you know, and I just I feel it's weird because I think when when we walked out, I just kept thinking like, man, there's a lot of weird. And I think maybe I was a little irritated that the small things that were so accumulated that were annoying weren't better handled because then I could have been like, this is an eight, right. eight and a half. Like right. I feel like it should have been. And the right. fact that I can't give it that despite how much fun I had kind of annoying. Yeah. Cause it's really got the potential and, there to and be fun. Not, a, not only that, but it's, um, you know, for me, 
it is almost like you wouldn't hardly have to change the movie at all. You don't have to do much, yeah. Except if it just was trying to be something right. a little bit different than what it's trying to be, right? you'd be able to go through it from like a different perspective. Right. You know, if it just like, you know, if it just lightened up in certain ways, then, yep. you, then you could go, okay, like sort of die hard right. or something. And then, sure. and then you could just have more fun with it. Yeah. But that as soon as it goes down that road for a while, then all of a sudden it's like, well, no wait, cause it's really serious. Right. And then you have to go, Oh, well, okay. So I'm supposed to do whatever. What, right. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. you know, the things that it keeps saying at you right. uh, with, you know, his dad and going back and all that and, you know, showing his brother a lot. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it just keeps showing you all these different things. The weird thing is it doesn't even need them. Right. Like why does everything have to be this weird surprise? The thing with his brother is, is a little weird anyway. And we kind of want to have this odd moment. Right. Right. But it, but none of it is the most interesting stuff in the movie anyway. Like, why do you need the secret voice? Why couldn't we just tell you who that voice is? Right. Could have just said who that was earlier and said, well, look at that. I mean, now we know that. He's <laughs> still got the right. voice person running things for him. Sure. Not everything has to be like this secret surprise that we're saving for later. Right. Even like the J.K. Simmons stuff. Which turns out to be, a, we have to have another surprise right, yeah. thing that way turns out. Yeah. Why does that have to be a surprise? Right. And not only that, but it's two surprises. Yeah. And like, like we don't have enough weird surprises going on. J.K. Simmons has to have pull double duty right. on it. Yeah. Why? Why does right. all that have to be a surprise? Because, aha, if we reveal surprising things, you know, that tests well or right. whatever. Yeah, sure. And, and it's. Yeah. And not only that, but it's just, it's taking time away from things that are more interesting. Like really watching him more is more interesting. Yeah. Like when he's having that conversation with Anna Kendrick, when they finally go outside, when he's having the first conversation with her, right. When he's like, how do I just go, go away right. yeah, <laughs> and it, me alone. and it yeah. be the way that it's supposed to happen <laughs> or something. And he can't figure out how to do it. Right. And she won't let him anyway. Right. And then they have this whole awkward thing. And then they go outside and they have another awkward thing, but a different kind of awkward. Yeah. And when he's, you know, working through, like, you know, he can do that conversation fairly well. Yeah. He does the, you know, he does the taxes for the, for the people. Yeah. And he does that actually in like a great way. Right. Right. And the whole like, if you were to say this room or blah, 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 or, awesome. I, you know, all this, like he can do the interacting. Right. Right. And he can do it with Anna Kendrick and he can have kind of a conversation, but he doesn't like to, or right. it's not comfortable yeah. or whatever it is. And then we see him, you know, alone in some other situation and, you know, he likes that better and right. he's more comfortable and, yeah, but it doesn't mean that he can't do it at all. And, you know, just looking at all of him yeah. is way more interesting. If we have to waste time on something, right. You know, if you have to do something do more then do the things that are actually more interesting right. because watching him get beat up as a kid right. again, right. Is not any more interesting, but right. there could have been a lot more, uh, conversations with him when, when yeah. he's actually talking to John Lithgow at right. a certain point, and, you know, talking about how his company works and all this stuff. Yeah. And just being in a place now where we can try to be there with him. What is he hearing out of this conversation? Right. And how does this conversation work for him? All that stuff is a million times yeah. more interesting anyway. So, I, I like so why that. Why not have that? I agree. I like that. Um, speaking of scenes that were kind of they started a little strange, but then they worked like the scene with Lithgow and Ben Affleck when he comes in and he just gives him his severance check. And he's like, I have to deal with my best friend now because I'm the reason that right. all this happened. Like I, I was like this, th- let's do some more of these scenes, not right. that you can't do that scene more and more, but and I say that by way of transitioning to something that has nothing to do with, I really liked all the subtle uses of humor throughout the film because they caught me off guard. Like yeah, when, when yeah. 
like when the woman who's the assistant to John Lithgow comes in, this is why I thought of that scene into the same room that with a nice kind of like over-exaggeration of marker use, like him throwing marker after marker right. in garbage, like that's a nice visual and I get it. But when she comes in and she basically says, that means you need to go wherever I pay you to be, right? right? You know, like these just quick, easy lines that are very fun and dispensable. And even things later, like, when Ben Affleck is shooting like melons at this guy's farm and he's watching him and he knows he's being watched and he gives him the thumbs up. Like, look what I did. Right. You know, it just, it, it was fun and disarming in a way that I didn't think, I didn't think it would be callous when it handled it. But I thought in some of the ways that it was kind of mishandling other things that felt important, you got to get the humor, right. If you're going to do it at all, right. or it's really dumb. And they got it all. I don't, I don't think of a thing humorously in the that was supposed that to be was, funny was that bad. was bad yeah it, i don't either it was really good us, it was very fun when even even when they even when they happened in the middle of the scene that you didn't necessarily like the right. scene but it you would go oh but that's end. really that good. was really fun yeah like at the end of the movie yeah the the movie was like kind of seriously losing me the farther along it went yeah. towards the end but then there was like funny stuff in, yep. you know, there's, they're like fighting for a while, then yeah. they're just sitting on the floor. And right. it's like this whole, it's this whole weird um, brothers, it, like in a normal way, r- like brothers who have not seen each other for a long time or like really, really good friends yeah. who haven't seen each other for a long time. Right. And the weird way that they act and then the weird way that it's almost like they were never gone right. or something. And then layer on top of that, these brothers who yeah. haven't seen each other for a long time. And it was getting just kind of like over the top right. and right. we were doing things for too long. And yeah. I was like, going, okay, great. Your big reveal. And it's not that good. Yeah. And then like some funny things would yeah. happen and they still worked and, still and, and yeah. were still funny. And I got to tell you, that's, that's ridiculously hard to do. Like, oh yeah, really? And like what you, I mean, like you said, and then you illustrated it with that, but like in the middle of scenes where it's not there and then they throw it in, that almost feels like someone's like, look, you really want to try it. We'll do a take, but it's not. Well, and, cut, and, and know? doing this comedy at all is really right. hard anyway. Yeah. And that's probably the biggest, I think, sell for the movie. And it's, if you like it, it's, it's such a weird, dry, deadpan yeah. humor that, you know, it's like, if you're not Bob Newhart, no one even tries to do it. Right. Because it's too hard. Only because it's a close genre. Like the only, and it doesn't even remotely compare to it one way or the other, but it edges into like a gross point blank territory where there's something being handled there, but the dark comedy is, is still right there. And, and I feel like the best, the best part of that is we're sitting here doing, you know, saying that they did it instead of sitting here and going, they had opportunities for humor. They should have just had the nuts to do it. Right. They've been courageous. They could have thrown a joke in here. They did it. Like that's great. That deserves a lot of uh, that deserves a lot of accolade for because it's not easy. But. Right. I think ultimately, though, still, I would recommend this movie a lot more than you would think for a six and a half movie. It's yeah. just that uh, there were so many things that, in a certain way, um, you know, I was disappointed. Just like Girl on the Train, right? Yeah. I wasn't disappointed because I read the book beforehand right. and I wanted it to do it better. I wasn't disappointed because for some reason I had all these expectations when I went in, you know, I was disappointed because of what the movie was telling me it could do. Right. And then it just wouldn't do it or it did other really stupid things and it didn't give me what it was selling me. You know, it, it it told me it could do like all these, all this stuff really well. Yeah. And if you took, I think like you were talking about, um, the relationship with J.K. Simmons and uh, the other, the other investigator, that Mary he, Beth that, Medina, that he's I with. Close. Yeah, right, Medina. Medina. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you t- if you take their whole part of the movie, yeah. out separately, right? Yeah. That is from a better movie, right? And and, right. and all of the stuff around it should be better. Then you're telling me that yeah. you can do better stuff. But in defense of the movie, I didn't have any problems with the movie because what it was doing was, uh, you know, being convinced I was stupid. Right. It wasn't right. doing stuff because it was, um, you know, it it kept telling me the stuff about when he was a kid because it was wrong. Right. 
not because it thought that I didn't get it or right. because it thought I was too stupid to understand what they were trying to tell me. Right. But then, you know, it, so, so it had problems that I was more okay with yeah. than most movies that I don't like. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You know, so it's better somehow for that. And I, there's, there's a sense that I got, especially because I try to be mindful of the audience when we go see a film. I mean, sometimes that audience is just you, right? Like sometimes right. it's just us. But in this one, but man, people were laughing. They were, they were having fun. And, and there was a, there's certainly a demographic for this. I actually wondered, I thought this when we, when we saw the next to the last, if not the last time when he lays down on the bed and he closes his eyes and then we flash back to his childhood again, I, I wondered if the filmmaker knew because if I saw this film out of time, like just like on video instead of in the theater, I would say this feels like an October release. Like this, this, feels like it should be released this time of year instead of July or February. Right. But I also feel like I wondered if the audience for the film, the director didn't think maybe would, because he's a bad guy killing people needed to reinforce the sympathy of him being a damaged kid. So that's why we kept seeing it. Like, cause it maybe. feels so clumsy. Maybe the last time, especially. And I just thought, you know, you and I were like, we get it. You know, right. Stop doing that. And then, it, but, it is, there is something to the movie, I think, and it's probably fair to say that they were maybe doing some things that they were doing because they were trying to balance it. Right. Because there is, a, there is an aspect to this movie that almost makes it so that, uh, you know, you have a hard time finding the line between autism and being a sociopath. Right. Because the way that he kills people in right. this movie, at least some of the time. Yeah. Not all the time because he kills a lot of people. But some of the times that he kills people in this movie, it really is almost like you would have to say he's like full on right. sociopath. He, yeah. he just doesn't. He just doesn't put together that these are people right or that right. there is like they're just uh, items he has to uh, zero uh, out yeah they're really they're it. just things on his you ledger know? and that's probably even though it makes sense yeah. and and he's not a sociopath right, right. he's it's just that he's spock Right. To right. the and nth JK, degree, yeah, and he's already decided killing this person right. is the right thing to do, and I don't need to think about it's, it or be upset about it. It's yeah. just a thing to do. But I can see if I'm making a movie, right, and there are aspects of it that are going to make it look like I'm saying something negative right. about people with autism, right. then I better be really yeah. careful and sure. try to balance that out and right. stuff. So. And there's that, there is that too. Um, it, it was interesting when, cause typically the rule is damn good rule show. Don't tell, you know, don't, don't tell me that this guy's a badass. show me. And, and I'll believe right. it a lot easier. The movie I felt actually broke that rule and did it in a way that was even specifically tricky to be effective. When the scene with Ben Affleck and Jeffrey Tambor, who's his like surrogate father when he's in jail. Right. And, right. And we basically learn of their relationship by a dictation by J.K. Simmons. He's telling Medina, like, this is what happened when he was in Leavenworth. It's a lot of shit. I mean, obviously, we're seeing it, too, because there's right, some stuff. Right. But he's telling us everything that happened emotionally with Ben Affleck while we're watching him destroy this cartel of people. Right. And you're not supposed to do that and have it work. And this did it perfectly. Like, and, I genuinely right. believed that Tambor and Affleck's relationship was a paternal one. And an effective one and a loving one, so much so that when something happened to Tambor, Affleck had no choice but to enact the revenge that he did. And the way that he narrates that while we're seeing it happen, it was, you know, it was surprisingly perfect. I'm yeah. watching that going, this should not work. Like, you don't do it like this. But damn, I would rewind and watch that scene again right. because it's like one of the best six-minute scenes of the whole film because of J.K. Simmons doing it. You know, it's just... It was really, it was really fun. Right. It, it did take a lot of things. And you know, that's the other thing that like takes me off about right. it. Right? right. Because it does so many things yeah. that are really hard to do. And I think that scene is great too. And that is an example in this movie of where we kind of go back to the same thing again, except it works because we're doing it right. for a reason. Cause we've seen him before yeah. 
sitting in prison with Jeffrey Tambor right. talking about things. Yeah. And now we're just going back to watch him more or less do the, do same, the same thing and just be in that yep. same scene, except that now it works because we have a reason we're doing it. Right. And we're not just going, I don't know, let's just, just show, show him in prison. Yeah. Let's just <laughs> show him in prison again or something. Yeah. Because then we'll, I don't know, we'll feel bad that he was in prison right. when, uh, should he really have been in prison or, right. you know, whatever. Like we have to draw some sympathy out of kicking the dog again or something. Right. right. And now it's just, you know, it's just more thing. This movie does so many things that are really hard to do yeah. and does them really well. Right. And then, the and then stuff, it does so you know, many things yeah. that don't seem like they're that hard. Right. And, and does it in a way that makes it almost, you know, it's weird because you're like loving a movie and being bored a lot right. Uh, right. by it because it's doing stuff in such a weird way. Every time we see soldier number one again, right. I like roll my eyes and right. go, now I have to yeah. watch him again because yeah. it's trying to set up whatever, because now I have to, you know, it's like girl on the train. I have to watch her having sex in the woods with a right. guy. I can't see the front of his face. Right. And you have to keep showing me that guy. Yeah. And, and, the, and then the movie, you know, like everything has to be like a surprise. Right. Everything has sure. to be this weird twist. JK Simmons has to have, you know, he has to, trick us into thinking he has this one motivation right. so that we can later find out, aha, this is motivation it, when yeah. none of it needed to be a trick yeah. in the yeah. first place. And part of that is really like un- not unsettling, but it's just kind of like uneven because I watch a scene that I'm not interested in and then it does something great. And I'm like, well, oh, <laughs> right, right. And then, and then I watch a scene that's great. I'm like, yeah. And then I watch a scene that doesn't work. And then I watch a scene that isn't working and then they fix it. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell to feel when you're doing these. Right. Like, you're uneven in your pacing. You're uneven in your story. You're, you're really successful at all the times you put funny into it. Do more scenes with J.K. Simmons narrating what I'm watching, Ben Affleck. Like, just come on, tie this together in a better way. Right. And then, and then that's, that's also leads to, uh, like I said, I didn't like the end um, very much. The end was really losing me. Yeah even though the end has good parts in it. And obviously this is where we wanted to get with, you know, right. part of the plot we're developing and everything. And after, you know, the bad guy has to get his comeuppance and whatever. Right. But that whole part, when we start being at there at his house, yeah. At the very beginning, when it's like, we're doing like radio checks of the snipers right. and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. From that whole thing on, the whole idea of everything that happened in there is so goofball That's all trope like that it's totally from a different movie yeah. it's from a completely yeah. different movie yeah. and and it it's kind of like you get to the end of the movie and the people making the movie just kind of like throw their arms up right and go um, Whatever. i don't like, know big house right. lots of soldiers cameras to we'll do a take bunch of them out tape. yeah there's cameras yeah. for no reason except that it's yeah. interesting for us to look through them right yeah. the people would not have do. these yeah. cameras but yeah. it works for us to I, show it i agree i recommend it to it's like it's like you got then all the soldiers got like gopros on yeah, right. because then we That's can coming. look at that yeah. too right. yeah it, and then it's just, you know, then it makes it very disappointing. Yeah. But dur- still during watching the whole thing, I was yeah. I was having so much fun that I was when we walked out of the movie, I was like desperate to try and be like around seven and a half or yeah. something or, yeah. or even eight and go, how can I do it? And right. yeah, how can I make that? Yeah. All right. So anyway. we're out of time and we've wasted enough time on this yeah. movie probably, but I think everyone should go see it. I do too. I think it's fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun next week. Keeping uh, up with the Joneses or Jack Reacher. I or... think probably Jack Reacher. Yeah. Uh, that just yeah. seems more fun. Sure. And, uh, and I'm more curious, about maybe it. both, who knows? who knows? And I am, sure. I am really curious about so, that and yeah. I'm scared of keeping up with the Joneses. So yeah, there you go. That. Uh, so that's it. That's yeah. it for us this week. We'll see you next week again with Jack Reacher. Thanks for tuning in. And please, please share, uh, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks. Bye.
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost a sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.